Welcome to the Love Your Life Project, a gentle guide to living a wholehearted, meaningful life. In these trying times, listen to stories, poems, musings, mystical wisdom to inspire you, bringing a little more light to your day. I'm Anna Ramana. Today, friends, I'd like to just have a little chat about fear. You know, it can sometimes take over our lives. It can dominate our experience. And it can even paralyze us, stop us from acting in the way that our hearts would be pulled. It's an interesting thing because if you really feel into fear, if you just stop when the sensations start to arise in the body and just feel it without a story, you might notice that a different emotion arises, a different feeling, and you could call that sensation excitement. It's very interesting. They're like polar opposites, and yet they have the same sensory experience It just depends on the spin you put on it. If it's a positive spin, then it's excitement. If it's a negative one, it's fear. Now, my teacher, David G., he has said that there are three primary motivating factors to act. What is it that causes us to act, to do something, to make a move, to not move? And he said, two of them are aspects of love. One is passion and one is compassion. But he said, if we're not motivated to act from either of those, then we're often coming from fear. And it's such a shame really to allow it to dominate our lives, to be the master of us in a way. You know, it's not really the boss of us unless we allow it to be. And it's not to, you know, dismiss the presence of fear. I know that it can be incredibly powerful, incredibly powerful and certainly legitimate in some instances. In fact, many, you know, the body kicks in its own instincts to survive. But if these are sometimes mental fears, fears that stop you from acting or speaking as you really would want to, fear of being judged, fear of saying the wrong thing, then there are things we can do to address that. And one of them I've learned is to just stop and hold the energy. Just be with it. Let it move through its only energy in the body, whether it's physically manifesting or mentally with the story. And just allow it to be. You know, if you just breathe through it, the energy will eventually soften and calm. And so 
I have a couple of poems here I'd like to share with you that address this uh, multi-headed monster, <laughs> so to speak. Um, and the first one is really kind of a fascinating poem. The poet is imagining that he could gather up all the fear that he has and place it in one part of the world. Just take it all and place it somewhere else and then avoid going there. And so I'll read you this and see if any of it feels familiar to you. Be Paris first. Suppose what you fear could be trapped and held in Paris. Then you would have the courage to go everywhere in the world. All the directions of the compass open to you, except the degrees east or west of true north that lead to Paris. Still, you wouldn't dare put your toes smack dab on the city limit line. You're not really willing to stand on a mountainside miles away and watch the Paris lights come up at night. Just to be on the safe side, you decide to stay completely out of France. But then danger seems too close even to those boundaries, and you feel the timid part of you covering the whole globe again. You need the kind of friend who learns your secret. You need the kind of friend who learns your secret and says, See Paris first. See Paris first. So this poem is by M. Truman Cooper. And I love that ending, that a friend would be wise enough and compassionate enough and encouraging enough to invite you to embrace your fear head on. If all of your fear was stored up in the capital city of France, go there first. Then you can see the world because you'll have embraced your fear and it will have dissolved. It will have melted away. And then the entire world can be your oyster. So I find that incredibly encouraging, this poem. Maybe you could just spend a few moments contemplating what it is that causes you to fear. And just sit with the sensations that arise in the body. Allow the stories to come up. Allow the feelings to wash through. And you just be the holding space, the kind of welcoming committee for what it is that you fear. Certainly in our current era, with so much chaos in the world, it's very easy to jump on the bandwagon of fear. And as I said earlier, it can be a healthy thing at times. But perhaps a gift you could give yourself is to really examine the nature of fear and maybe start with something simple 
a small, a little fear. And just watch how it moves through. Watch how it moves through the body and what happens if you allow it to be instead of racing in the other direction. Just to play with it, experiment and see. I can say in my own journey, having been taught by my teacher or guided, I should say, to really look at fear, to walk right into it. It was an amazing experience to watch how each one, one by one, just melted away just by being held in the open embrace of love. And so this next poem by Calissa Ray is looking at fear in a way from the other perspective, the possibility of excitement and even passion as a motivating factor to use the energy because it is a vibrant, vital energy, fear or passion. And if you tune into it in a positive way and let that be the guiding force, it can really be amazingly powerful. So this poem is called Wind Watching. What if Dorothy wasn't afraid of the wind? What if Dorothy wasn't afraid of the wind? What if she welcomed the cyclone? The thought of being lifted, suspended in air as release. What if she saw it as escape, being tossed and jolted? Maybe a change would occur if she shook fast enough. Maybe she liked not knowing if her body would survive the catch and release. Maybe being picked up and let go in another's chaos was freeing. I imagine she was raptured before the light of the day had kissed the earth. The swirl approached and she went willingly threw her head and arms back and let it consume her. Maybe she had been waiting to be swept off her feet by a wild, uncontrollable thing. Maybe she had been waiting to be swept off her feet by a wild, uncontrollable thing. It's such a nice description of passion, a wild, uncontrollable thing. If we just were to allow ourselves to give into that, to fall back into it and see what happens, to try something different, something new. Many years ago, I used to live in Portland, Oregon, and I was teaching a class at the local bookstore. And I remember we had this very, very powerful poem, which I'm going to share with you next, about releasing fear. And it almost has an incantatory quality to it. And so what we did was we each wrote our own poems about releasing fear, really naming the fears, speaking them, declaring them. And that was powerful enough, but then we decided that we would give a reading at the bookstore. 
And what we did was we turned off all the lights after people had come in. And then each person who had written a poem carried a lantern and walked onto the stage one by one, holding up the lantern, holding up their own light and read their poem about giving fear back, releasing it, giving it back to the ethers, back to the mystery out of which it came. And I have to say it was one of the most powerful readings I've ever been to, to just in the darkness watch this lantern of light and these words pouring out of each poet's mouth, really taking a stand against fear, becoming the powerful voice instead of the powerless, cowering one. And so I'll read you some of this poem, or maybe all of it. <laughs> and it has two titles, and it's by the poet Joy Harjo. She's an amazing Native American poet and also a wonderful musician. She has been the poet laureate, is the current poet laureate of America, and this is her third term. She's kind of the spokesperson, both for the Native Americans and by extension, for all disempowered, disenfranchised people. And so the title of this poem is either Fear Poem or I Give You Back. I release you, my beautiful and terrible fear. I release you. You were my beloved and hated twin, but now I don't know you as myself. I release you with all the pain I would know at the death of my children. You are not my blood anymore. I give you back to the soldiers who burned down my home, beheaded my children. I give you back to those who stole the food from our plates when we were starving. I release you, fear, because you hold these scenes in front of me, and I was born with eyes that can never close. I release you. I release you. I release you. I release you. I am not afraid to be angry. I am not afraid to rejoice. I am not afraid to be black. I am not afraid to be white. I'm not afraid to be hungry. I am not afraid to be full. I am not afraid to be hated. I am not afraid to be loved, to be loved, to be loved, fear. Oh, you have choked me, but I gave you the leash. You have gutted me, but I gave you the knife. You have devoured me, but I laid myself across the fire. I take myself back, fear. You are not my shadow any longer. I won't hold you in my hands. You can't live in my eyes, my ears, my voice, my belly, or in my heart, my heart, my heart, my heart. But come here, fear. 
I am alive and you are so afraid of dying. But come here, fear. I am alive and you are so afraid of dying. Oof, what a powerful, powerful voice. Powerful words. So much passion, so much intense strength and power coming through this. And so it's the fear in the end that has its own fear of dying. And the poet becomes more alive, more vital, more vibrant by just putting her foot down and speaking what's true. So there's such a power in saying it aloud. It's really one of the powers of poetry. It is originally an oral art, even though we tend to read poems more than speak them these days. So perhaps you, in a quiet moment, or even with your journal at night, perhaps you could conjure your own words, just taking fear and speaking to it, speaking to the energy of fear, whatever it is you want to share, and giving back, giving back all of the places that have burdened you and held you down, held you back, releasing fear in your own way. I know it's not an overnight job. Certainly I've been working on embracing fears for 20 years now, and I'm sure there are many that still remain, but each one that is looked at head on And once it falls away, it's a step further, a further away from being dominated by fear, being led by the tail or by the neck, by fear. And so I want to leave you with one last really touching poem a woman called Rose Auslander. She was a Jewish poet who lived through wars, through genocide, through exile and homecoming eventually. And she wrote that she survived because she was able to write, that it was sort of like a drive, an instinct, you know, writing down, even if it's journaling, just writing down the feelings in your body It takes it out of the body. It takes a layer out. It puts it onto paper and transforms it into something else. So I can really understand that this poet would have found the power in that, the gift in being able to do that. You don't have to be a brilliant writer. You don't have to call yourself a poet, but just to have an avenue to express the immensity of feelings that pass through your body, that get held there, sometimes trapped there. And so her poem begins this way. You're here 
still. You're here, still. Throw your fear into the air. Soon your time is over. Soon heaven grows under the grass. Your dreams fall into nowhere. Still the carnation smells sweetly. The thrush sings. Still you may love, give words away. You are here still. You are here still. Be what you are. Give what you have. So lovely, throw your fear into the air. Soon your time is over, but you are here still. Still here. Still here while the carnation smells sweetly and the thrush sings. Be what you are. Give what you have. And this from a woman who survived genocide and war. It's been beautiful to be with you today. And I'm sending you off with lots and lots of love and fond wishes, warm wishes for your particular journey with fear. See you next time. If you enjoyed this episode, please share with others. And if you'd like to hear more, you can find me on my website, anaramana.com. And also on there is a link to become a member of my Patreon family, where for a donation, I offer additional gifts and bonuses, like guided meditations and private Zoom calls. Much love to you. Till next time.